Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Monday to you. Welcome to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I am Tom Brenneman. We're here every day except for today. Today is only a one-hour show. I made a commitment to the Aganas Club up in Dayton, Ohio. Been around forever, uh, long before we started this show. So up there, hanging out with those guys today, right around noon Eastern. But we are here most days, Monday through Friday from 10 until noon. You can join us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports, also at Facebook slash Chatterbox Sports. Please subscribe, hit the notification switch to let you know when our clips come out. On social media, we can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Tom Brenneman TV. That's Tom Brenneman TV. We are available in podcast form. And Paul Fritchner told me a little while ago, for whatever reason, over the weekend, our podcast downloads absolutely exploded. So thank you. Hope you're enjoying it. All right, here we go. The Bengals were the only AFC North team to get a win this weekend. And with it, there is a three-way tie atop the division. Did you see the ending of the Ravens game? Let me say for the record, I love John Harbaugh. I think he is a great coach. In fact, I think he's one of the top five coaches in the NFL. But good coaches can make bad decisions. And in my humble opinion, he made a terrible decision yesterday in the fourth quarter against Buffalo. If you didn't see it, game's tied at 20. The Ravens get the ball at their own five-yard line and proceed to go on a 14-play, 10-minute drive to the Buffalo two-yard line. It's fourth and goal at the two. Again, it's tied at 20. Okay, four minutes to go. Rather than kicking the field goal, taking the points, and the lead, Harbaugh decides to go for it. And what happens? Lamar Jackson is pressured. He's backpedaling. He's back. He's all the way back at the 15 or 20-yard line, just throws the ball up in the air, intercepted in the end zone. So they give Buffalo at the 20, and you, you know what happens after that. Josh Allen takes him right down the field. The Bills kick a field goal at the buzzer. The Bills are now 3-1, and one, Baltimore 2-2, two and two, and a huge one Sunday night. Bengals and Ravens meet in Baltimore. The Ravens, an early three-point favorite. Meanwhile, I had them in my Power 5 last week because I love the fact that they're winning games without their starting quarterback. But the Cleveland Browns lay an absolute egg in Atlanta. Cleveland runs it well. I don't know why they ever throw it. Having said that, they did not run it well inside the Atlanta 10. And the Brownies are now 2-2 two and two after the loss. The Steelers slip to 1-3. and three. As we know, they are a successful point after touchdown from being 0-4. Pittsburgh can't stop Zach Wilson, who played really well yesterday, his first game of the season for the Jets. Took him right down the field in the fourth quarter in a tie game, and the Jets win in Pittsburgh 24-20. The Kenny Pickett era, officially here. The rookie quarterback out of Pitt, came on at halftime for an injured Mitchell Trubisky, And he proceeds to throw three interceptions, including his first NFL pass. Now, Tomlin would not commit to the change being permanent after the game. There was a very tragic note in this game. A fan died after the game 
falling down one of the escalators. Very, very sad. College football. The UC Bearcats beat Tulsa 31-21 Saturday night on the road. The defense piles up the sacks. They return an interception for a touchdown. Peanut Gallery over there cheering. Go Cats. Go Cats. Casey, Brandon, how are we doing today? We're doing good. Besides my gambling, not great. Not good. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that a little bit later. Go Cats. Uh, The Bearcats have now won 17 straight conference games. We know it will not be so easy next year in the Big 12. How about former Winton Woods High School star Mayan Williams? He's only listed as a sophomore because he redshirted a year. He fills in for Travion Henderson and goes for 189 yards and five rushing touchdowns in Ohio State's route of Rutgers. How about these names for the only two backs he joins in the history of Ohio State football with five rushing touchdowns in a game? Pete Johnson and Keith Byers. Not bad. Ohio State goes to Michigan State on Saturday night. Kentucky, heartbreaking to watch. Fumbled twice inside the Ole Miss 10-yard line, their last two possessions in the fourth quarter, and lose for the first time this year. And it's really a shame because Kentucky had a better team. How Ole Miss is ranked eighth or ninth, I have no idea. Wisconsin fired head coach Paul Crist after a 2-3 and three start. Defensive coordinator and Badger alum Jim Leonard takes over on an interim basis. Former coach Brett Bielema, he was a guy that Barry Alvarez handpicked to replace him a number of years ago as head coach. He's now the head coach at Illinois. He brings them into Madison over the weekend, and they hammer the Badgers 34-10. to Biggest surprise over the weekend, did you see what TCU did to Oklahoma? The Horned Frogs pile up 668 yards of offense in a 55-24 route of the Sooners. Oklahoma, 10 days ago, was ranked 8th in the country. Brent Venables, oh boy, welcome to the head coaching world. Baseball, Aaron Judge officially has four more games because the Yankees have a doubleheader on Tuesday. He still sits at 61 home runs, so he has today, two tomorrow, one game on Wednesday, the season finale, to hit one more home run and break the American League single-season home run record of 61 he shares with Roger Maris. And lastly, the Reds. A winless road trip through Pittsburgh and Chicago. They now have 99 losses on the season. Their final three games start tonight at home against the Chicago Cubs, and they are now tied for dead last in the National League Central Division. They've got to sweep the Cubbies to avoid what would be just the second 100-loss season in 141 years of baseball. Footnote, by the way, This is now the fifth season in the last seven where the Reds have lost 90 or more games. 
All right, boys, let's get at it. We're going to start with college football, right? Top performers over the weekend. Let's get right to it. I talked about TCU. This guy, Max Duggan, is an amazing story. He was a three-year starter. For those who don't pay attention, you're paying attention now. He got beat out for the starting job this season under new head coach Sonny Dykes. The guy that beat him out gets hurt the first game. And right now, if you went strictly by numbers, I'm not sure that Max Duggan should not win the Heisman Trophy Award. I was going to say, this is your second time putting him on the list. He, the guy is unbelievable. Now, look at the note there. He goes 23 of 33, throws five touchdowns, right? Or three touchdowns, 382 yards. He runs for 166 yards. That is the performer of the weekend. Yeah. He has two touchdowns rushing. The Arizona quarterback, Jaden uh, Delora, 484 yards, six touchdowns. East Carolina, their quarterback, Helton Naylor's, six touchdowns. Mentioned Mayan Williams a moment ago from Ohio State. And Marquez Cooper, he did it for Kent State in overtime against Ohio University. I got to say something about that game, too, whenever we get a chance to go over that during our picks, because... Kent State had 500, or not 500, 736 yards of total offense. I told you, th th this is the worst defense that Ohio University has ever had. It might be the worst defense in the country. All right, after the games over the weekend, we now zoom in on what is my power top five in college football. Georgia struggles but wins, and it was a great comeback. You give it up to Georgia. But they're slipping fast. Against mighty Missouri. Mighty Missouri has a big-time atmosphere, big-time game. Georgia rallies to win. But Alabama goes to one. I reluctantly put them ahead of, of Ohio State. But Alabama, uh, you know, they've played a couple of better teams, I think, here early on. Clemson, all of a sudden, back in the conversation as a power. Big win against NC State. Georgia goes to four. I, I don't know why. The only reason I'm putting Michigan five is because I'm not buying USC. I watched their game late night Saturday night. I'm not buying them at all. Arizona State stinks. And had Arizona State been able to make a couple of plays, especially late in the second quarter, uh, that might have been a different game. But Michigan has played nobody. And I mean nobody. So we'll see how it goes. So now what are we on to before our picks? Are we doing the NFL? Yep. Yeah. All right. Jared Goff, I hate putting guys up that lose games. And, and, and the Lions defense is so bad. But Goff is really playing well. I've never been a big fan, but he's really playing well for Detroit. Four touchdowns and a loss. Penny, look at those numbers. 17 carries for 151. Josh Jacobs, rated the Raiders. Wow. Let me hear it, Casey. The Raiders. That's lame. Brandon, let me hear it. The Raiders. Uh, a little better. Josh Jacobs. All right, let's hear it again from you then. The Raiders. <laughs> Put those other ones back up there, please. <laughs> I had to get that on camera. Josh Jacobs. TJ Hawkinson, I know, Casey, you have him in your fantasy league. Okay. That is a monster game. It Eight receptions monster. for the tight end, 179 yards. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. It is not even close when healthy. Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the NFL. When he's healthy and on the field, and, and there have been few and far between, but when he's healthy and on the field, he is the best all-around running back in the National Football League. 
Power five was tough this week. I got to tell you, it was really tough. Eagles are a no-brainer. Chiefs a no-brainer after routing uh, Tampa Bay last night in Tampa. Buffalo, the bottom line is they're three and one. Should be two and two. They're three and one. These next two, I'm not really buying either one, but you have to put somebody at four and five. I wasn't going to put the Giants in there. No. The Bengals are teetering. But you can't put them ahead of the Cowboys right now because the Cowboys beat them. So Green Bay, and we'll get to this a little bit later on, uh, about Aaron Rodgers. But but, but Dallas, fellas, I got to tell you, seventh overall in defense there. You saw that. They're 3-1 and one without Cooper Rush. I mean, with Cooper Rush, without Dak Prescott. They said that Prescott was going to be a quick healer coming back from that broken thumb. They're talking about him maybe playing next week. Wow. Next week. 3-1 and one with Cooper Rush. He's the real deal. It's not a bad, not a bad story. The Bengals have a chance to jump into that top five this week, fellas. They do. They got to take care of business against Baltimore. And, and speaking of, just for the record, as you guys can tell, the homecoming pictures I took with my son that I talked about, it was his homecoming dance senior year. I look like a homeless guy. You look great. Out there. No, I don't. Uh, and, and I don't <laughs> like it. And, um, and I told you guys before, I did not shave because of all of you. It's the only reason I didn't shave, to get him through the weekend. But I will not shave until Sunday night. But I will shave, even if it's 1 o'clock in the morning, on Sunday night, win or lose against the Baltimore Ravens. This is D-U-N done. And if they can't beat the Atlanta Falcons the next week without me having a beard, then they don't deserve to go anywhere. I'm not doing it. (laughs) Well, don't worry, everyone. I will continue to be savage mode until they lose. Okay. Uh, Savage uh, mode. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I was just doing this for you, just moral support. You know, I look just as bad, if not no, worse. No, you look good. You it look like natural George because yours is coming in. Yours is coming in the color of your hair, sort of a reddish brown. Mine is color coming in the color of my hair, which has no color to it whatsoever unless you're Santa Claus. I think it looks good, George Clooney. Well, I appreciate it. It's <laughs> definitely not George. Give me a break. <laughs> Um, all right, fellas, let's, uh, let's get to our picks. We got Brian Billick, by the way, coming up. We're going to ask him about our NFL insider, former Super Bowl winning head coach, about um, a couple of things. Uh, this Rex Ryan thing, he blasted Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, and basically put this whole Tua thing on him. Not a neurologist, not the team doctor put everything on McDaniel and says that if that was his son, he would not put him back in the game. And that's the way, according to Rex Ryan, you have to look at each and every one of your players like they're your own kid. Would you put him back in the game? And this goes back to the hit he took the week before in the win over Buffalo. We're also going to ask him about this situation with John Harbaugh and you know analytics, making the decision. Uh, analytics can be a good thing on many levels, but I, I, I just don't understand. You got a chance to take the lead. You had held Buffalo to 20 points in the game, 20 in the entire game. And he says he believed in his defense 
That's why he went on fourth and two or fourth and goal from the two. They throw the pick. Buffalo wins the game. I, I, for the life of me, um, you keep playing the game according to analytics and you're going to get your ass run. Now, John Harbaugh is not going to get run because he's a great coach and won a lot of games. But if you're with another organization where you don't have the clout that he has there in Baltimore, that team should be sitting three and one with a huge win. It would have been a huge win over Buffalo. All right, fellas, let's get to the picks. Can I add something to that Of course you can. So they did that last year against Pittsburgh, and they lost. I don't know if you remember that. They went for it on fourth down, and uh, Lamar did pretty much the same thing. He scrambled, fell under pressure, threw the ball, picked off, or incomplete pass on fourth. Lost in the game in Pittsburgh. Um, They continue to do that same mistake and not learn from it. So... Who has Baltimore beaten this year? They've beat They lost the Jets. to Miami at home, and they lost to Buffalo at home. So they beat the Jets, and they beat... Um, uh, I'm trying to contribute here. The Patriots. The Patriots. And I they beat the you. Patriots 37-26? to 26? Yep. I got to tell you, I mean, I, I wonder how good Baltimore is. We're going to find out Sunday night. Right. But, but, but they've only played... Although New England, you know... They had Mac Jones in their quarterback for that game. But, and they played well yesterday in, uh, in Green Bay. Could have won that game. Uh, okay. Let's get to the picks. We starting at college? Yep. yep. Somebody was mighty good on the college front. Yes, Not you me. were. Somebody was mighty good. Blind Michigan. I hated picking them. I might never pick them again. Uh, they cover against the hapless Iowa Hawkeyes offense. Yeah, they just can't score. Brutal. Brutal. There's another guy. I mean, I love the guy, but I mean, th- how there much was longer? A time for yeah. about eight years there, where Kirk Ferentz was the highest paid coach in college football. That's changed, but he's still making a fortune. How long has he been there? Seventy been years. There a long time. Long time. All right. So we keep it rolling. Bearcats cover barely. Barely. They've well, covered for like. Number? They didn't cover. That's a push. Cover ten. That's covering. All right. I'll take it. You guys will too. Unless there was an article that there was an article that said they've covered nearly every game the when they've been the when they've been the favorite for like four and a half years. So maybe we had the wrong line of maybe it was nine and a half and we okay. had ten. All right. Fair enough. Bearcats win. All right, up next. Body Buckeyes. I mean, now this is where Vegas. this is one of the moments, right? And we've all been around somebody, if not you yourself, where you got money on some NCAA basketball game and some dude has to make a free throw and he clanks it and the other team throws it in yep. from 50 feet, you know, and you lose a bet. This one, Ohio State, for the record, the line was 39 and a half. They win by 39. That's just, that hurts. That hurts a lot. That's amazing. You almost went undefeated in college. The wise guy. I would have been undefeated were it not for a half point there. Okay. Who else did we, we pick? Kentucky. Kentucky. They should have won that. I really felt bad for that quarterback because they're saying he's going to be – might be the top pick in the draft. I don't – Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know if he is or not. I'm just saying – You know, I heard him say it on – I heard – I heard uh, – who was it? Todd on the call, Blackledge and uh, – And Sean McDonald. Sean McDonald, yeah. I heard them talking about that. I I think Levis is a, a really good quarterback. I don't know about yeah. number one But it was draft. a shame. He fumbled twice. Yeah. Uh, their last two drives when they had a chance to go in, take the lead, win C-Rod the game. looked great. Chris yeah. Rodriguez coming back. 
the running back for UK yeah. looked amazing. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they got a good team, man. I mean, you know, they, they, I still think they're going to make a run at Georgia to win the East part of that division. Um, they got a good team. All right, so uh, Kentucky oh covers. Gosh. Then there's the Bobcats. Gave up 700. See, boys. 750 yards of offense. Fake. Yeah, the, how in the world does Kent State just not blow them blow them by? Like, they only scored 31-24. They had 750 yards of offense. And that game like, went to overtime. And it went to overtime, yeah. They overtime. barely won. It's insane. Yep. I mean, that hurts. They're, 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 this defense not, is that bad. Yeah, not only that, Ohio was up. They were up in, like, the end of the third, 17-10, something like that, right? That I don't know, but I, I just I, I know they can't stop anybody. They couldn't stop the three of us and eight other guys. <laughs> it's brutal. They ought to be recruiting here in Cincinnati more, by the way. I can't believe the kid from Wyoming, C.J. Hester, okay? Oh, yeah, now, he, he might lack this or that that, say, the Jordan Marshalls from Moeller lack to go big, 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 big time Division One. I. I mean, Marshall's being recruited by, you know, Ohio State, Alabama, you name it, they're all after this guy. He's only a junior. But C.J. Hester should not be going to Central Michigan or wherever he's going. He ought to be going to Ohio University. Get him up there. But too late. Well, no, it's not too late. He can decommit. All right, then we get to the NFL. Mm. Go Ravens. I, I just had a feeling about this game, honestly. I, I just don't believe in Lamar and his team because he has to do all the work in order to – even be in in the ball game. Yeah, they can't like run it, the ball. They can't run the – So – Except and, for him. Yeah, except right. for him. J.K. And, Dobbins is not all the way back. He's As the season goes on, I'd watch him. Yeah. Hopefully he, he can come back and put up some numbers. But especially when your coach is writing everything on you, and like I said before, he keeps making those same mistakes, going for it on fourth and whatever. When you could go up by three or – any of those scenarios, it's tough. I feel kind of bad for Lamar because he's in the middle of this contract negotiation. He's asking for quite a bit of money, and I feel like he should get top. He'll get it. He should get top quarterback and top running back. There, he'll get it. He'll get it. You can take that to the bank. He's going to get it because he's all they got. That's all they got. Yeah. Right now, that could change. Okay. So I mean, I should have won that bet. We all agree with that. Uh, and, and here, here are the, you know, I mean, Casey, you went with the New York football jets and I have to admit, I watched, uh, the fourth quarter of this game, Zach Wilson really played well. Did he? I'm telling you that last drive, I think he was, um, seven for seven. They're down by three. They get the ball and I'm telling you, he made some throws in that game. And, you know, last year I know he was nicked up. He had not played all this year. Uh, there was talk in New York, don't bring him back. Their offensive line is so bad. Fellas, the New York football Jets are 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. The Jets are actually kind of going in the right direction. They are. They're doing what I thought the Lions would be doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is the, the Steelers. I think the Steelers are looking at like 1-7 in the next four Four games, right? They, yeah, they had I mean, to play I put four games. in my notes here, getting some stuff together for last night. The next four games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready for they this. They got back-to-back -back home games against Buffalo and Tampa Bay. Oof. Then they go on the road to Miami and Philadelphia. 
yeah, they're how are they looking? They're the, not looking great. Yeah, <laughs> no, the worst team in the league. All right, Casey gets a dub there. What else we got? Brownies. Oh, oh, boy, just... oh boy, oh boy. I mean, the Browns should have just ran the ball all day, and they didn't. Well, you know what? It just comes down to that. If you go back and look at that game, if I'm not mistaken, they were stopped trying to run the ball on two different uh, possessions inside the 10. Yeah, that, that's right. So, but, you know, they go off from 20 to 20, and then they get down there inside the 10, and now all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they can't run it. Boy, I mean, that, that's a terrible loss for Cleveland. They should be 3-1, and one, and they'd be sitting atop the division. Actually, with Baltimore, 3-1. and one. And if the Bengals, well, forget it. Um, <laughs> here's a team, Casey gets another dub. Yeah. I just saw that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they, they are struggling to run the ball. Their offensive line is missing. They can't run the ball. They cannot run the ball. Cannot run the ball. Yeah, and they lost Kappa. They lost uh, the center. I can't remember his name yep. at the top of my head. but. Yep. They just can't get the push they need, and it's showing. And the Chiefs took advantage by getting up really early to where Tampa couldn't afford to not just throw themselves back into the game. And you'd think that, you know, if Tampa got up early, they would still probably lose because they can't run the football. So I don't know. I, I don't know if this says more about Tampa and where they're at or more about the Chiefs, but my suspicion is this says more about the Bucks and Tom Brady's team being too one-dimensional, relying too much on their defense to bail them out. Not Well, having... they fell behind big, so they were forced to throw it a lot more maybe than they wanted to. They ran the ball six times in the game. Wow. For three yards. Leonard Fournette got three carries for minus three. White got three carries for six yards and a touchdown. Brady throws the ball. I've said it on this program. Week in and week out, it will happen every now and again. But if you throw the ball in the NFL 50 times, more times than not, you are on the losing side of things. Mahomes throws it 37 times, three touchdowns. They run the ball for 189 yards. Here's that damn thing on – on. all right. Um, <laughs> the ESPN auto. Yeah, here, uh, um the Chiefs run it 37 times for 189 yards, 5.1 per carry. So, Casey, I know what you're saying about – I'm not so sure this isn't more about Kansas City. I think this team's a good team. They are They stubbed team. their toe – where was it last week at Indy, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a good team. Yeah, it is a good team. Um, and what was the rushing totals again? Could you repeat that it one more time? 189 yards for Kansas City – Three yards total on six carries. Rushing six carries, carries for Tampa Bay. Wow. Maybe um, we need to get Tracy Jones down to Tampa Bay. Yeah. We might have to get into that. No, we're not getting in that tomorrow. <laughs> he can be the team doc. Well, I don't know what you would call that. So that's it. So where are we in the uh, overall picture of things here? Because there's big money for the charity of choice to the winner. And look at Casey, Casey my lord. Uh, that's a... Um, Three-game lead over Brandon, six-game lead over me, but I am on the warpath coming back. Yeah. So, uh, there's where we are. I mean, and we'll do all our picks again this week on Friday. I would say that the uh, the Ohio State game hurt all of us. Um, I would say 
Kentucky, Iowa, Ohio State. I lost four out of five. Who was the other one? No, but the teams. Well, I mean, you, you. Oh, Kent State. You actually stepped out of the box here, but I mean, you know, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, just in Baltimore. I mean, I mean, good I, for the Bengals. I mean, they sat and watched everybody in their division lose. Right. Yeah, that was a perfect storm for the Bengals. Honestly, yeah. you couldn't have asked for a better scenario. And is it scenario or scenario? Potato, potato. Potato, oh, okay. potato. That's right. Tomato, I'm just trying to learn tomato. here. But not not only that, like, Pittsburgh is going through a quarterback hell right now. You know, Mike Tomlin's not going to confirm whether or not yep. his kid's going to start. And we just talked about the four games is a gauntlet for that kid. Um, what What's his name? Uh, Pickett? Yeah. yeah. Kenny Pickett. Kenny and Pickett. He, had, he had three interceptions against the, the Jets. Yep. That's terrible. Well, the one was a Hail Mary at the end. But, but his first NFL pass was a pick. Yeah, that's rough. And the Ravens going through this kind of like locker room hell with Harbaugh making that decision on fourth and goal. Couldn't have asked for anything better. And then, uh, to put it in uh, Seho's words, the Browns are the Browns. That's right. So, they will looks good for the Bengals. Browns. I tell you, I one of the things I love about Boomer Esiason, and there are a lot of things I like about Boomer Esiason, uh, one of the things I, I really like about him is he is not afraid to – Put it out there on the table. When they were doing the studio show at the end of that Ravens show, he came out and he said, you can mark it down. There are a ton of Ravens players in that locker room right now really chapped with their head coach about that decision to not kick the field goal and play the analytics game. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. Brian Billick on the other side to talk about that decision made by John Harbaugh and some other thoughts of things going on around the NFL. We're back in a moment. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Brian Billick, our NFL insider, former Super Bowl-winning head coach with the Ravens, will be joining us here in a minute. You know, one, one thing I've never understood are guys that make comments after they leave somewhere that they wouldn't make while they were there. Um... And Juju Smith-Schuster, did you see this quote yesterday? Uh, no. no, what did he say? He came out and said, and this is a quote, he told NBC that he has learned more about offense in a few months with the Kansas City staff than he did in five years in Pittsburgh. Is that Now, look, I'm not debating whether or not that's true because the, the, the Chiefs and Andy Reid – Reed is one of the great offensive minds in all of football and has been for a long, long time. There's no question about that. But I think that is just – what's the point in saying it? He learned how to get his bell rung in Pittsburgh. That's true. But I, Von Bell. I get wonder, it because of bell rung and Von Bell? I wonder if – did he say it intentionally? No reaction to the, to the Steelers, pun. or did he? No, say I don't it? think he said it in a. But but the bottom line is, is that when you come out and say that, okay, you know they they. Um, I just thought, you know, Mike Tomlin. I know he's more a defensive guy, but um, I don't know. I I don't understand the point. Uh, Brian Billick, kind enough to join us. You guys just gonna ignore my pun he's on back, Von Bell? I, I liked it. I liked okay, it. thanks. I liked it. Uh, he's back in the Buckeye State, um, up, uh, up in Ohio State, Buckeyes country, where he makes his home now. 
Brian, you're back for the fall now and leaving the uh, the beautiful lakefront in Minnesota. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it takes getting used to because you, you come back and Saturday, obviously a big game at the shoe, and I got out. We had just gotten back, and I thought, is is there another plague? Because there's no bodies, there's nobody in the street. You hear it coming from the houses. There was everybody was either at the game or in that. It, it's it's nice to be back in that in that kind of environment. Um, I I was just talking about uh, Juju Smith Schuster. You know, I, again, I maybe it's nothing. I, I just don't understand why a guy would would say I've learned more uh, offense in Kansas City in a few months, and I learned in Pittsburgh the last five years. I mean, what what, what purpose is something like that, sir? Mike Tomlin's a hell of a coach. They've got a great franchise there in Pittsburgh. You you can pat Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy on the back without taking a shot at a team that paid you and drafted you for five years, can't you? Sure, it's the it's the classic. Uh, I confess he did it, you know, a mentality of some <laughs> players and a player that that was not kept in Pittsburgh. So there's obviously understandable some animosity. You're right. You you don't need to you kind of dismiss it as uh, and because if if. Uh, if for some reason it goes sour and he doesn't uh, end up staying in Kansas City and goes someplace else, it'll turn out that guy's a whole lot smarter than Andy Reid. It's just standard operating procedure, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, Rex Ryan, the guy you used to coach with. Uh, he went off. I mean, pointed the finger right at Miami head coach Mike McDaniel about the way he handled this whole Tua thing going back to the game two weeks ago. We know the video. He lands hard on his head, can't walk right. They're holding him up. They take him out. They put him back in. They said he was not in concussion protocol, that it was a back injury. He comes to Cincinnati and plays four days later uh, where he takes a massive blow to the head on a sack. Uh, They have to cart him off on a stretcher. Uh, were you surprised uh, about Rex Ryan basically putting all of this, not on the team doctor, not on some independent neurologist, but putting it all directly on Mike McDaniel? Well, I, d- I hadn't realized that since Rex and I, uh, he went on and became the head coach of the Jets and the Bills, I didn't realize in the interim he got a, a, a doctor's degree, that he is now a certified neurologist. I think that's great for him to be able to pick that up in his spare time. Look, this is a difficult situation. The coaches, at the end of the day, have to rely on every injury. It it begins with the player, right? We've talked about this many times as to when do you let a player play. It begins with the player. Well, the player is going to say, yeah, I'm okay. Then, Then it goes to the doctors. Is he okay? Could he injure himself further? And if the doctors say, no, you know, he's okay, could he injure himself further? Sure, because it's the National Football League and you're probably going to get hurt. Uh, and then the coach has to look and say, okay, how's he functioning? Um, but you get, you have to rely on the doctors. And and we don't know, although certainly there's a price been paid and the neurologist has been fired, that this, this concussion that came about this last weekend was related to the previous hit. Uh, it might have been. If it did, they messed up. But the coach... Hey, if the player says he's okay and the doctor says he's okay yeah. and the independent neurologist says, no, he's okay, and then he goes back in and functions pretty good, 
then then you got to figure, okay, I'm okay. Uh, and so, yeah, I think there's a lot of backside covering here. Um, I think the concussion protocol is as thorough as it can be. Uh, uh, obviously, you, you, someone had to pay a price, and so the neurologist got fired. Uh, is that going to make them overly cautious now? That you know, coaches going to now at the end of the day be careful what you ask for, because now if the guy so much as blinks, it's okay. No, he's he's out, and you're going to lose some playing time from some player. It's a tough issue, uh, but I think there's a lot of backside covering going up right now. Um, your old stomping ground in Baltimore yesterday, and you weren't with us on the program yet, but, but, but I laid out on the record, I think John Harbaugh is an outstanding coach. I think he's one of the better coaches in the National Football League. You and I would both agree on that. He replaced you after you left the Ravens. Um, and, and so I'm not going to sit here and ask you to break down and give an analysis of John Harbaugh, but what I am asking is, you're a very tech-savvy, numbers-savvy kind of a guy. You're not this older guy that all of a sudden has just dismissed analytics altogether. But what does he mean when he says after the game, Brian, that analytics told me I have to go for it here on fourth and goal from a two-yard line with four minutes left in the game, and I have a chance to kick a field goal and take the lead, forcing the other team, of course, to score a touchdown to beat you? I don't think he was saying that there were specific analytics or someone said, do this. I think he was talking about uh, the analytical thinking of if you take and he took you kind of through his thought process. And I'm not here to make excuses for John Harbaugh, but his thinking had to be, look, we do this a lot with Lamar Jackson. They go for two points a lot. They go for it on fourth down a lot. So they're used to it. They have a structure for it. They're ready for it. They have play calls for it. Um, and his thinking that, yes, if we don't get it, then given the time remaining, the way our defensive play pretty much the whole day, they start back up at the two. I have a decent chance of getting this ball back and putting Justin Tucker, greatest yep. field goal kicker in the game right now, in any position, and he'll go ahead and win it for us, that the touchdown would have basically separated at that point. I'm sure that's the thinking. What didn't occur to him, and maybe it should have, if you want to be critical, was was the interception. The interception is what totally turned the analytics bucket upside down. And from that standpoint, I always loved it, and he was a lot more diplomatic than I was uh, in that same situation. I always loved it when, when people say, well, if you knew that he was going to throw the interception, would you have gone for the field goal? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. If I had known he was going to throw the interception, we were going to lose. Yeah, I probably would have done something different. So I'm, I'm not excusing it. Yeah, in hindsight, if you sit in the cool and calm of the off off the game and go, okay, yeah, maybe we should have. And because and you do that analytics going forward, what are we going to do again? Um, but his thinking, I think, covered everything except the interception. And whether that should have been communicated to Lamar, or, hey, Lamar, if you want to take a shot, that's fine. But look, we can't turn the ball over here. Be a little careful because we want to leave him on the two-yard line. That, that may, maybe that should have happened. Um, how good is Baltimore, Brian? I mean, I'm sitting there looking at the teams they've beaten. They've beaten the Jets and they've beaten New England. Uh, you know, Jets are two and two, and New England played well yesterday with a third string quarterback. Could have beaten Green Bay, didn't. Um, the only two decent teams they've played, they blew the big game against a uh, big lead against Miami late. Uh, and then yesterday they play another very, very good team in Baltimore. 
but 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 how good are they? Do you think? I think they're. They you begin with Lamar Jackson. That means they're very good. Okay, they got a chance to be in any game because it's so unique in what he can do with his talent. When you step back and look at the team composite, they're a good solid team. They don't have a real presence outside at wide receiver, really good tight ends, but they don't have that go-to guy on the outside, serviceable guys that will make plays, but they don't have that go-to guy. They don't have that dominant pass rusher. Uh, so they have to kind of manufacture some things in the way that the Ravens do. Um, so, yeah, I think they're a good team. Uh, the, you know, now the schedule, they're going to play the Bengals, the Giants, who all of a sudden in New York mm-hmm. look to be a legitimate team. Um, so the schedule will play itself. Will they be in the hunt at the end of the year? Yeah, I think they will. Would I say that they're one of the top five teams in the AFC right now? I'm not sure I could say that right now. What do you think the Bengals' chances are of going into Baltimore? It used to be, you know, for forever and a day, really since the franchise moved, you were the head coach, and then later Harbaugh, that that winning in Baltimore was a monumental task. Now all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they can't buy a win in Baltimore. Um, what do you What do you think the Bengals want to do in that game on Sunday night? It's only the fifth game of the year, but that's a big game in the AFC North. Yeah, you know, Bengals gained a lot of ground this weekend because everybody else in the AFC North lost except for them, and and they had a good solid you know win against Miami. Um, what we're seeing, we talked about it last week, it, as the sacks and the pressures go down, productivity and touchdowns go up, and and it's a reverse you know deal. You get pressure on them, and all of a sudden the interceptions come, and Burrow struggles. So the other thing I liked is that that they didn't run the ball particularly well, Cincinnati, but they stuck with it. They didn't abandon. They ran the ball thirty times. Now they only had sixty-seven yards, but but they stuck with it. They didn't abandon it and, and make Burrow go out and throw the ball forty-five times, which increases the chances for the sacks and the interceptions and all the things we talked about. So yeah, I, th- I think they're familiar. You know, that's the good thing. Cincinnati now understands. That's the hard thing when you play Baltimore and you've not faced Lamar Jackson before. It's, you know, it takes some getting used to as to how to contain the guy and the things you need to do. You can look at it schematically, but TV, it's like in the old days facing Barry Sanders. Until you played him, you really didn't know just how, you know, how different you had to approach the game to contain a Barry Sanders. Lamar Jackson is the same way. Cincinnati knows. They've played him enough times. So so they've got a good idea of what works, and now they got to go make it happen. And offensively, I think they can, again, they can minimize the sacks, Joe Burrow, you know, has a good day, uh, and they can try to stay with the run. Sure, they've got, they've, they've, they, they can, they can win there. In, they've seen that anyway. So they've, they've seen teams go in and, and beat Baltimore in Baltimore. Um, Mike Tomlin's in a situation where yesterday at halftime, he decides to flip the quarterback script, and he goes with Kenny Pickett. Pickett comes on, throws three interceptions. The last one was a Hail Mary. You don't really count that one. Uh, and the Steelers lose a game, quite honestly, uh, that, that they probably, you know, should have won, but they didn't. That's the bottom line. Um, I mentioned their next four games, Brian, for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are against um, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, and Philadelphia. Tomlin would not commit to Kenny Pickett being a permanent thing. What does a coach 
or, or what are some of the things a coach at this point with the Steelers being one and four? What is, what is he thinking about to make that decision on whether to just – we're going with Pickett the rest of the year? Well, I'm the believer that, that you get – the Steelers will be better in 2023 for every snap that Pickett takes in 2022. There's no question about that. And you knew this was going to happen at some point. You don't make a guy a first-round pick and, and, and not play him. You do if you have Aaron Rodgers sitting there. You do if you had a Brett Favre sitting there. Uh, at the time when they had Rodgers. But, you you know, I don't know that you're sitting there with Mitchell Trubisky saying, oh, no, no, we, you know, we're going to let this guy sit for a year, maybe two years as Trubisky go and win, goes and wins for us. So he needs to get in and play. Now, you just outlined a whole bunch of reasons. I'm going to go way old school on you. I'm going to go back to the time when Joe Montana, I was in uh, San Francisco with Bill Walsh, and we had Joe Montana, who we knew was going to eventually take over as a starter. You could just see his ability, Steve DeBerg, who played pretty well on a, on a really not a great team in San Francisco. We went down to Dallas and just got absolutely steamrolled. And and you would think, okay, well, and, and Steve DeBerg was just getting killed. Okay, let's it's going to start. Let's pull and put – Bill wouldn't do that because he didn't want to expose Joe to that kind of beating early. And I don't think we started him for a couple games. And I'd have to go back and look, but I think some of the mentality may have been, okay, we're going to go with this guy, but let's don't let's let's don't put him in an impossible situation. Let's don't let him start with failure to begin with. So when does that mean? Do, do you make the change? Okay, the Bills obviously a very good team. The Buccaneers, Dolphins have been good. Eagles, like you say, you know maybe maybe you go a little bit. But at some point, you got to do it. And and if you believe this kid's that good, and you got to believe they think that because they took him as high as they did, uh, he's got to learn to stand up to it. Troy Aikman went 115, right? His yep. rookie year. Uh, 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 Peyton Manning just, I forget what the record was, but equally just got bombed. But you learn from that. And, and you got to believe he's strong enough to get through this. We're not going to ruin him. It's not going to be David Carr where we ruin his entire career because of what we exposed him to the first couple of years like they did in Houston. Um, so yeah, I, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. I understand if they don't, but you know, you made the determination that this kid's that good. Let's go put him in and let him ride it out and he'll learn from it. All right, my friend, Brian, as always, thanks for the time. Your insight It's always top shelf. Have a great rest of your day up there All right. in Buckeye country. We'll see you soon. Go Buckeye. Yes, right. indeed. Go Buckeyes. Big one this weekend against Michigan State. Always great to have Brian Billick. He brings us such incredible insight to so many of these different topics. Um, so it's good stuff. All right. Uh, we mentioned we're only here for another five minutes. So we're going to take a break and we'll do a cherry on top. Is that right? All right. Cherry on top and we come back and then we got to say goodbye today. I'm sorry, but we're back 10 to noon tomorrow. Back in a flash. At United Dairy Farmers, we've perfected freshness in our family bakery, where we use only the finest ingredients, like thick, high-quality glazes on our signature donuts, before delivering them fresh from bakery to store every day. UDF, made for you. If your AC or furnace is struggling, turn to the experts at Bartels Heating and Cooling. Their certified technicians get the job done right the first time, and if you need a new unit, Bartels will give you upfront pricing with no hidden fees. Plus, Ask about Bartell's 0% interest financing for 60 months. Learn more at Bartell's Heating and Cooling.com. Bartell's Heating and Cooling for a comfortable way of life.
Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, proudly sponsoring high school football with three locations in Mason, Liberty Township, and Ross, Ohio. Our 10-foot screens guarantee a great view from every seat in the house. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, the best place in Cincinnati for sports, food, and fun. Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. That's the Beacon difference. Check out our fresh arrivals at Jake Sweeney Used Cars. Over 250 used vehicles weekly. All makes, all models. From economy to luxury, Jake Sweeney, the original used car superstore. All right, fellas, it's time for our United Dairy Farmers Cherry on Top segment. Would one of you like to tee up what is about to happen? Because I have no clue. Do you know what virtual reality is? I do. So headset for video games you can put on. Yep. And I guess this guy put on his dad's or let his dad put on his virtual reality headset for a football game. And uh, his dad forgot that he was inside and not actually Ooh, on a football this field. This be good. Okay, let's see. Yep. This. So this is... Uh, you can see him here putting the headset on. He's trying to explain to him how to run the play. I'm guessing he's playing quarterback. Yep, he's playing quarterback here. And uh, as you can see, waiting for the snap. And then a uh, little pressure in the pocket maybe or running after the throw. Oh, <laughs> this poor guy. You have got to be kidding. He doesn't know how to throw the football. He's just trying to get rid of it. He sees this the pressure coming fantastic. in. And... and Look out! Oh, look out! Oh, <laughs> that Ouch. is fantastic. That's so good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, you know, before we go, a buddy of mine, Jeff Gibson, pointed out to me over the weekend that that you know, the, the back of your computer screens, for any advertiser out there, as, as much dialogue as we have on the show with Casey and Brandon. That's a spot to be selling advertising for the back of these computers. Your ad here. You're you got to right start here. doing that. Your, Your ad, ad here. here. It's like one of those signs you drive by when you're cruising up 71, yep. right? Could yeah. be your ad right here. And we also will do product placement. It doesn't have product to be. Product placement yeah. right there. I can We're still waiting on that UDF refrigerator full of ice cream. Yeah, I can drink beer right up here during the show. That'd be great. I'm all in. No problem with that whatsoever. Um, all right, I got to go to a speaking engagement here, the Aganis Club up there in Dayton. Back 10 to 12 tomorrow. Thank you for joining us, gentlemen. Have a good rest of your day. We you thank well. our executive producer, Trace Fowler, and everybody right here at Chatterbox Sports. See you tomorrow on Off the Bench, presented by UDF.